0: What's up, everyone? It's Captain Kyle Smith, and this week I sat down for a morning meeting with San Diego Fire Engineer Matt Smith. Matt has been successfully investing in real estate outside of California over the last 10 years. He's built his portfolio up slow and steady, and now has things running on autopilot. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, Matt, welcome to the bullpen, man. Thanks for meeting me.
1: Thank you. Pleasure to see you, my
0: friend. Yeah, uh... Super excited to dig into your story, man. You're one of those guys on our job um, that everybody kind of talks about that that has a lot of a lot of experience investing in real estate that we're going to dive into in your first alarm. But before we get to that, man, um, how has uh, how has the pandemic sort of affected things in your life?
1: Um, it's been challenging. I have a young child and um, dealing with our kids, having to deal with it. Us as uh, you know, first responders and professionals in the business. We kind of just know how to protect ourselves and deal with it and psychologically we, we prepare ourselves through training and uh wearing the right pp and just making ourselves aware through our department policies and protocols to to be able to handle it but some of the challenges uh like with my son is he's you know when we first the pandemics first started um we we're all so curious to find out what's going on how's it moving how's it uh spreading how can we control it contain it things like that that i caught myself watching a lot of tv and the periphery, my son was picking up the background feed off the media of the hype, the danger, the, the the kind of the the death toll, the things like that, that they were really focusing on in the beginning. Because it is such a danger to us that it started to affect my son a little And And uh, we worked through it and he's, he's good now. But, uh, you know, it was a challenge to put myself in the eyes of a seven-year-old and try to relay the message for him to cope on. You know, just the basic things of how our bodies work and we have little armies and, you know, how basically we can overcome illness and how he's overcome it in the past and how most likely he's going to have, have no problems dealing with this pandemic. So
0: Yeah, that's super that's it's a really important thing because they do, they watch us, they watch us a lot more closely than we even realize. And, and they'll, they'll pick things up that we're not even really aware of. So it is, it's good that you're, you are are, are aware of that and um, are helping him navigate through this time. It's like just been so weird, but I'm, I'm choosing to, to use this time in as um, it's been like a system reset. And so I'm just using this time to try to re-engage uh, at home, just trying to re-engage with work and with my, investing, trying to just, just find ways that I can improve instead of just sitting by and, and letting this, you know, letting life happen to you. I think if, if you can, if you can kind of, you know, take advantage of this time that we've been given and, and see it as a blessing more so than like a curse, then I think, yeah, yeah. you it. So we're well, right on, man. Um, well, hey, I want to get right into this first alarm, man. You ready? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So as you know, Matt, uh, here at the San Diego Fire Department, a first alarm assignment consists of four engines and a truck. But here at the firehouse, I'll ask you four questions. You give us one piece of advice. That sound good? Do my best. All right. Well, here we go. You're going to be first in on your first alarm, Matt, and that's going to be who you are, where you work, and how long you've been doing it.
1: Um, I'm Matt Smith. I work for the city of San Diego. I've been in the fire service for 27 years, 22 at the city of San Diego. I'm a fire engineer and I work in the uh, northern part of
0: the city of San Diego. Awesome. Where'd you work before you came on uh, our job? I worked for uh,
1: a Siquon Fire Department. I worked for the reservations. Um, Started in the uh, firestorm of 92, 93, basically, Malibu fires, things like that. My first day as a reserve, I got on a rig with the clothes I was wearing and I disappeared for three days. And from then on the fire bug got in me, it lit that fire and I was a manager at a grocery store at 23 years old and just said, I think it's time for a career change. Uh, my stepdad and brother are firefighters, and they kept always trying to prod me along and say, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought about it?" And I didn't. But they got me to take an EMT class. Loved it. I got on with a uh, as a reserve with Sequan Fire, and that's how it all started. Man, first day on the rig, I disappeared on a type three for four, you know, three four days, and uh, that was it. I, career change, came back to the grocery store, handed in my keys, and said, hey, I'm gonna make a little change, let's go to college, let's get my fire science, and move on from there, and the rest is history, and started with them, you know, like, like most people, this takes time, you know, you gotta start, and you gotta earn, and get all the things that you need to prepare yourself to get in the big leagues, as I call it, with a bigger city, a larger department, things, Um, it was a great place to work, gave me a lot of experience, um, but I wanted to live and work in the city that you know, I was born and raised. So kind of like real estate, you got to prepare yourself and put some time into it and learn and educate. It's not a quick process. So basically, you know, you you, want to prepare yourself as much as you can. And the sooner you start, the sooner you can get ahead and you can start, you know, it's kind of like a snowball or a ripple effect. You know, what you do today is going to affect you tomorrow. And it's, you can set yourself up and it's a learning process. It's, you know, we didn't learn how to be firefighters overnight and we didn't learn how to do what we do, but you you just climb that ladder one rung at a time and you're eventually going to get to the top and and uh, understand what you're doing a little bit.
0: Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say, Maddie, that the, so many of us, the journey to, to join the fire service, it starts with, yeah, like a, a smaller department, a local department um, for you it was one of the reservation departments. So folks that are listening from from out of the area. Um, A lot of the Indian reservations out here, they'll have their own fire departments. And so a lot of our guys will go and either start by volunteering out there or they'll get hired um, as a way to gain some experience so that eventually they can move on to a bigger municipal fire department like the city of San Diego. But it is, it's exactly like investing in real estate. I'm so glad you brought that up, man, because so many of us, like when we're trying to get into... We're trying to get into real estate everybody wants to hit that home run like right out of the gate and and that's the wrong <laughs> approach right sometimes sometimes people they take yeah. the first test to get onto a fire department they have nothing in their um on their resume and they get lucky and they get on that happens you might on your very first real estate, <laughs> you might just hit an absolute home run and and just be good to go it doesn't normally happen that way and so i'm really glad you said that because um i want people to just understand it's more important for me my opinion matt is it's more important to get up there and take some swings than to just try to hit a home run just get a base hit and get another base hit and then get another base hit on top of that and then eventually you'll be looking back in 20 years and, and you're just going to be um just absolutely flying so, so i'm so glad you made that connection because i was thinking the exact same thing um but with that in mind man, did you did you have any real estate investing in spirit uh experience before you came on our job
1: um i really didn't you know um Kind of grew up you know middle class family you know um, basically my stepdad worked and my mom worked at night and um, you know we 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 just kind of didn't have it we just kind of did the normal thing we were you know good citizens we worked hard we paid our taxes we were good people we went to church and you know we just kind of did the thing but we I was never instilled any in to kind of plan for the future it's kind of like just get by today and um that was, that was okay. And and I got on the job and a lot of people started, you know, telling me about this and you hear about these firefighters having other properties and rental income properties and this and this, and they'd kind of give me hints, but I was too busy playing and having a good time. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really have a background in it until a few friends or family kept putting that thing in my ear, kind of like getting into the fire department. I was like, Hey, you ever think about it? And one of my older friends, he, uh, I had met through a, another friend who owned a restaurant bar and we just started talking and he he kind of goes, "Hey, you know, you got a good job, you know, you make decent money, are you do anything with it?" And I'm like, "No, I'm just kind of traveling the world, having fun, surfing and doing this and you know, I was never kind of pressed by my parents to, you know, get that house early and do all that stuff and he just kind of said, "You know, you're kind of wasting an opportunity, you know, you should you got some money, you should invest it." And you know, of course, here in California it's so high priced and just getting that initial down payment and other things like that and you know it uh it kind of eluded me for a while and uh, I was at a station um uh kind of in the midway district and another firefighter and I had been talking because we're both trying to get out of debt and all that other and being debt free and kind of bounced ideas off each other because that's the first step that I think you know other than having a primary residence that you should do is um, get out of debt as soon as you can pay off all that stuff so that your money is yours you know you're gonna have your daily and your weekly and your monthly reoccurrence but to try and get get out of debt and to have that cash free so that you can do it I started getting into that so I started reading and I read Rich Dad Poor Dad which kind of was good, but it went right back to everything that Daryl said. And Daryl was buying properties out of state and he had been doing real estate for 30 years. And um it kind of just dawned on me and I called him I said, hey man, I'm sorry. I just read this book and it's kind of exactly what you said. You know, start investing and then use your properties to get other properties and have other people pay for it. You know, provide a good house and a good service and something that you'd want to live in. Um, and just in it'll have a snowball effect the hardest part is getting the first one and so he was going back to his uh his target area as i call it um and i said when you going and i jumped on the plane with him kind of convinced my wife that i was gonna go check it out and that was kind of challenging you know because a couple thousand miles away or whatever and um fell right into it looked at it i saw an opportunity zone Um, he had already been established there and, um, had been buying properties there. So he kind of took me under his wing, showed me the ropes and I kind of looked at it and, um, it all came together. I saw a unit that I wanted, had two on one, had renters in there. The, uh, the flow looked good. The price, I got a good deal on the price. And, uh, the next day I wrote a check, um, and bought my house. Right there, um, and I had renters, and that was kind of easy. I was kind of intimidated by it before because you get the stack of paperwork, and until you go through it, you know, I had no clue. And then he just kind of walked me through it, and I had a great agent, and you know, um, next thing you know, because he already had the property manager in place, I'm got my first property. I said like, that was easy. So then it just kind of snowballed, and. I started getting more familiar with it. I started flying back there, you know, to uh, a couple times a year, check on my investments, look at other properties. And, um, that's how I started is through a friend, um, people kind of guiding me, helping me, um, giving me the time, so to speak, and just kind of opening my eyes to the possibilities that are out there because I was so blinded by California and just how much it costs and, you know, um, trying to get that big down payment and then doing rehab or maintenance to, to get it up to speed when I can do it somewhere else. And it's a lower volume. It's a lower risk. Um, to me, it made sense for me and my formula and what what my my friend had started. I just kind of piggybacked on that, and it's been going great. So that's, awesome. that's kind of how
0: I started. That's so cool. Um, and for those that are listening and aren't familiar, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a book by Robert Kiyosaki. It's one I've read a few times. Uh, It's fantastic. And actually you can get that, um, on YouTube for free as a matter of fact. Um, and I I do highly recommend anybody that's even remotely considering investing in real estate or just getting down the path towards financial independence, learning about the difference between an asset and a liability. You absolutely, that's like one of those must read books. Um, and what I'm hearing you say, man, is your, your buddy, Daryl, um, could be something similar to like your, you know, the equivalent of your rich dad, but also like just a, just a really solid mentor. Um, And I talk about this a lot, man. Um, The, the mentorship in the fire service is so important, right? Whoever brought you up when you you um, they took you under their wing and showed you the ropes at the fire station. Um, The same is really, really important, whether it's investing in real estate, whether it's investing in the stock market or anything else, seek out those mentors. And the the key thing for me though, with mentorship and all that, man, is um, bring some value to your mentor, right? So show up with being able to, to help them in some way, they're going to be a lot more likely to help you if you show up um, committed, you show up ready to work, you show up um, hungry to learn and anticipating some needs that they might have. They're going to be a hell of a lot uh, more likely to want to mentor Yeah, exactly. And to go back to,
1: to the book a little bit, and I, I read it, I've read it like six or seven times. And each time I find a little nugget in there that relates to me that I didn't see the first time. And then back to mentors. Mentor is a great thing, and, and I like to, to term a lot of these things as having relationships with people. Um, yes, my friend was my mentor, and I brought things to the table, too. I learned some things that helped him, um, you know, because once you start going out of state, you're dealing with different taxes, you're dealing with different laws, and, you, you know, your, your team that you put together over there that helps you through that. Well, here in California, my friend was, was claiming it as his income from California, and he was paying a different tax basis on it, as opposed to paying the tax base in Illinois and claiming it there. So um, his, his, his accountant wasn't aware of the way that you, where he was sourcing the money is where he was taxed, li- his tax liability laid. So he was actually saving a percentage by claiming it in the state where he was and because california is so significant of a difference in a higher tax it actually benefited him so yes bring something to the table it's just you know just like in the fire service it's not all take but you got to give and we, we're giving people well i'll give you the time of day you come by we'll sit down we'll talk about this we will have a cup of coffee i try to teach the the, the newer guys on the job the, the job i try to teach them life skills you know it's like what some people invested in me i think of it as an investment and if we invest in our youth of our department and our fire service, number one, it's going to make the department better, and then off duty, it's going to help them. It's going to help their families. They're not going to have the struggles, um, you know, because we all go through trials and tribulations to get where we're at. But just like our kids, our friends, or our coworkers, um, we'd like for them to avoid some of those mistakes. It's a good learning thing, and you're going to make some on the way. Don't be afraid to to make some mistakes, and you know, when my friend started. Um, in this, I was I was very naive and I, I didn't understand because he kept saying, "Man, I got to do something. I got I, I'm starting to make money. I gotta I gotta do something about it." And I'm like, well, "What are you talking about? You know, aren't you afraid of paying taxes?" And he kind of summed it up like this: He said, "Matt," and he took out his wallet and he pulled out five twenty dollar bills. He goes, "Here's a hundred bucks, Matt." And I go, "Great. What's the catch?" He goes, "Well, I'm the government." you're making money. You got to give me a $20 bill, but you still get to keep 80. Is that okay? You didn't really do anything for it. I mean, you, you, you did something to set yourself up for it, but don't be afraid of paying taxes. Paying taxes, what you owe is what you owe, but don't be afraid to make money. Don't look at the tax portion. Look, look at the return on investment. Look at what you're doing. Look what you're building because if you're not making money, you're not paying taxes. If you're making money, you're going to pay your taxes and, you know, have a good accountant, have good bookkeeping, pay what's due. And, you know, just learn that it's not a bad thing to pay your amount of taxes.
0: No, for sure, man. I, I couldn't agree with that anymore. I had Bo Reinard on here from the San Diego tax team and I'll link uh, to his uh, morning meeting here on the show notes. Um, and he was saying the exact same thing. Like paying taxes is not a bad thing. If you're making money, then yeah, you're going to pay some taxes. Um, he's an expert in, in trying to help figure out ways to reduce your tax liability, but in, in legal ways, right? There, there are all sorts of ways. And real estate is a fantastic way of lowering, your, um, getting some, some taxes lowered. But the thing about the, the, you know, you're talking about you talking to the younger guys that come through and, and trying to teach them about life, trying to teach them about the fire service. That's the best way of thanking the people that did the same thing for you. And, um, we have to just continue that tradition, but Matt, um, if, if people are are wanting to learn more about investing in real estate, especially out of state, what's, what would you say is, um, what do they need to know? Is it, is it building a team? Is it, um, you know, um, doing a bunch of research? What is, what's one thing that they need to know? It's it's all inclusive
1: in that. And, um, it, it takes a lot of legwork. Um, you know, you got to you got to do some networking. You got to have the capital, you, you know, you, you, you got to have a long-term game plan. Um, so, you know, it's going to take time. You got to save up, be patient, look for the right deal. Um, you know, your legwork, you're going to have to find an investment or target area. You're going to put together a team, you know, going there, talking to people, doing the groundwork. Once you have your target area that, you know, might have some recession, proof type of incomes or things like that that's not based heavily on one one sector that you know you could lose your investment if, if uh, a factory closes or something you know look for different diversity areas and just have a long-term game plan um so that eventually your properties that you slowly get into will start generating income for you to get more properties um, so um Yep. Kind of lost my train of thought there. Yeah, no um,
0: um, and also, man, I can hear you tap are you tapping on something? Yeah, I did. Sorry about that. Um so yeah, we're just talking about like um uh the one thing people need to know. So you could just you could just start by saying, so if I if I had to sum it up, I would say the one thing people need to know or something like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, and and kind of to go back and sum it up, it takes a good team that is 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 led by a strong good property manager because they're going to lead you They're you know, with local knowledge, you know, make sure they have a background in maintenance. And, and once you find through your networking and your legwork and talking to other people in the real estate uh, area in the area that you are, they're going to guide you to the best property manager make sure they have good work, good book work. Um, so that, you know, their profit losses, you can capture all that because you're going to be preparing taxes but this, my number one thing is find your target area, have a great property manager with good bookkeeping and a, and a, and a background in maintenance because that'll help you out. And just kind of go from there and, and build slowly. But it starts with a good target area and a great property manager.
0: That's perfect. Um, so s- sitting here now, you're like basically crushing it. Um, for those that don't know, you have a bunch of properties out of state. Um, but and I know this from personal experience. Real estate investing is great. It's great. I love it. I think it's it's something that everybody should try to try to do that that can afford to. Um, but it's not always rosy, man. It's not always easy. There have been, just speaking from my own experience, some nightmare times where I think, man, is not worth it? I, I hate this. Why why am I doing this? It's such a headache. Can you just share with us, Matt, um, some challenges that you faced and how you overcame it?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you talked earlier about some guys getting in and hitting home runs and something like that. My first couple of years through uh, the team that, that was kind of partly in place that I built on with my friend, um, we were doing good. We bought, you know, a bunch of, pro- I bought a bunch of properties and um, the property manager at the time uh, just kind of made things work and had, did some deferred maintenance, kind of let things kind of go, you know, and we'd get in there and you'd go, well, you know, it'll take about five, 10 grand and see it down the road don't worry about it type of thing and then all of a sudden one year man I after four good years of all profit bam I just man I it's like the world fell apart man I had a I had a bad year a tree fell on my house ripped down my my service line ripped the weather you know uh almost down to the meter um I had a a sewer pipe break This this is all within like a couple months a sewer pipe break that cost 3,000 bucks to dig out and go all the way to the city cleanup. Um, I had an HVAC replacement, you know, and, um, there's, there's places that have multiple, you know, unlike San Diego, they have four seasons and it's brutal in two of the seasons and summer and winter, you know, you, you need a heater and you need an air conditioner and, um, you know, just other miscellaneous roof went bad, you know, cause it just, I had a really bad year and the challenge was just, trying to convince my wife, hey, we got to stay the course. We, we did good because she was ready to pull the ripcord. You know, um, my property manager started having some personal issues. I had to change management companies. So I kind of had to reboot, restart over. And luckily I, I, I stumbled onto somebody that um, provided a little different, better product as far as marketing, as far as uh, re- increasing rents, charging pet fees and start monthly you know, pet deposits. You know, um, so I, I went through that growing pain to where luckily I had that reserve that you have to have. If you're having an investment property, if you're trying to get into real estate, you have to have the money to get in and a reserve to maintain. And if you don't, you're gonna get in trouble because, you know, we already have our own liabilities here with our primary residence and things like that and our families here. You gotta have a whole separate business type of thing to where you set aside the money for that reserve. So when this bad day came, I was ready for it, but man, it, it it hurt having money going the other way. So, that was some of the challenges that that I went. And I but but from that, I learned to be a little bit more proactive in my preventive maintenance and to reduce the amount of deferred maintenance. Because you know, I I, I kind of call it the ripple effect, or um, you know, you, you look at things a little differently. And and you know, before I used to drive by and I would do my 360 on my properties and I visit and I take little notes to give my my little list to my deficiency list to my property manager for him to take care of and you know i used to just kind of see a little little branch hanging on the roof or something like that and i didn't think about it but then i i had a roof go bad and i started thinking well you know what that ripple effect was i saw a branch kind of touching the roof they had a wind event and things like that rubbed a hole in the roof then it, it rained the roof leaked then my ceiling fell through then it damaged my tenants personal property then it damaged my floor then it went to the basement i mean if i just said hey get somebody out there trim the trees for 50 bucks i probably wouldn't have lost a grand and had to have you know my tenant put up in a hotel for a few days and you know so um there are challenges but it's a learning process and and just like don't be afraid to be taxes don't be afraid to do a little bit of maintenance when you can if you see something, do something, kind of like in the fire service. But also, you're going to have some planned events. You're going to try to, you're going to learn. Hey, that roof's only going to be good a little bit longer. Try to plan it. Hey, that floor is getting bad. Hey, the next time you have a vacancy, a lot of these big target items that you can while it's vacant, because you're going to have vacancy that's going to take out of your cash and your returns. But you want to minimize the amount of time. And you want to maximize what you do when that place is vacant because then your, your, your vendors, your contractors could get in there and just go crazy. You're not displacing your tenants and then you make your place better. You get better tenants, they take care of it. And so through those challenges, I kind of learned to be a little bit more proactive and not tries to squeeze the dollar so hard that, you know, it eventually caused me problems. Just treat it like it's your house here that you live in. And even though it's investment bull, I've heard say, Oh, well, somebody else is going to live. No, no. You want to make it the way you want to live it because people will take care of something if there's nice and they're held accountable if they're not. So in some of those challenges with, with those things with the tenants also is uh, my property manager came up with like surety bonds so that if there were damages above and beyond, they would, pay me out and then actually go after them. And it's, it's just, there's many different ways to um, recoup some of your costs, but that all starts with the good manager and then being proactive.
0: No, oh, that's perfect, man. The, the reserve that you're talking about is just a, uh, a chunk of cash that you keep on the sidelines for that inevitable um, expense that comes up because it, whether it, it's a, an HVAC going out, if it's uh, the branch rubbing a hole in the roof, if it's the floors that need replacing, when we talk about real estate investing, guys, this is something that's really important to know. Um, your monthly income is only counted after all of your expenses. So if somebody's paying you $1,000 a month, you're not just keeping $1,000. You have to put money aside in reserves for things like the HVAC. Like not only just the, the normal wear and tear, like somebody moves out, you got to paint the walls, you got to replace the carpets. Okay, great. You got to deep clean. Great. That's just repairs and maintenance. Typically the rule of thumb for that is 5% in reserves for the bigger items that, that you're talking about there, Matt. Um, we, in, in our, um, investment and on in all, all of our investments, we hold aside 10% for capital. We call those capital expenditures or CapEx for short. And those are the bigger ticket items that don't come up all the time, but when they do, they're expensive and you don't want to be caught out. And so I'm really happy to hear that, that you have those reserves in place, um, for those inevitable larger expenses. That's just perfect, man. Um, because absolutely everybody has challenges when it comes to real estate investing. And if, if you don't have that reserve, it's similar to like an emergency fund in your own personal finances. If you don't have that emergency fund lined up, uh, you will be caught out and, and you're going to have to put, uh, these expenses on a credit card. You're going to have to borrow, beg, borrow, and steal to, to be able to make sure that these tenants stay happy. Because at the end of the day, that is the, that's the only thing that matters is keeping these tenants in place. Cause your, your highest, by far, your highest expenses are turnover vacancy. So, um, exactly really, really yeah. well done, man. Um, if people, if people are looking to learn more, you already mentioned rich dad, poor dad, Matt, is there a resource that, that you would turn people towards?
1: Um, well, that, that's what kind of got me and my feet wet and there's other literature that you can read. Um, there's nothing wrong with learning from people who've been successful in it, talking to peers. Um, I, I don't just sign on to just one resource. I like to get a collaboration or put together the team or build a team and build relationships, especially once you find your target area, go there, walk the streets, go into the pubs, go to the restaurants, talk to the people that live in the area. Hey, how's it going around here? I'm, I'm possibly going to move in here. Um, what, what, how's the city doing? What are the changes? What are the trends? Um, kind of get a feel for the area that you are. This is part of your legwork issue. You know, go into some real estate offices that you drive by or you see ads for and make a relationship with the person. Give them your email. Tell them you're looking to buy in here. Set a relationship. Kind of give them a feel of what your investment tolerance or what what target areas or or amounts that you want to do. And whether it's single unit, multi-unit, you know, land, whatever it is you're looking for, start to put together those resources. Get two or three people sending you those type of information. You know, um, my number one thing is a property manager through talking to some of these real estate agents, you know, Hey, who does the best management around here? Just, you know, kind of ask a lot of questions. Be, Be the curious guy, take notes. And from those reputable property managers, you know, um, call them up, set up a meeting, go, go interview them. Um, I've included some things, uh, on my, my little recommendations and guidelines of things to ask of them, just so that you can get a feel of their management style technique, the way they market the properties, the way they handle the tenants, what they expect out of you, because there's a lot expected out of you too, as the investor that a property manager has to know that you have that cash reserve. He has to feel comfortable with you. I mean, you're, you're going to start a relationship and that's the best relationship to have, because if they're established in that area, they're going to have a lot of those connections already in place. So having that team captain is the biggest thing that I found is having a good team captain because everything comes off of them, the maintenance, the books, the just getting together. Do they have a a website that you can check in on your properties? You can see your expenses. You can see your capital expenditures or big ticket items like we talk about. It just kind of keeps your finger on the pulse of your properties check in with him a lot um, I have a local banker um, when I talked here to my banker they like hey we don't do out-of-state stuff you know we're not interested um, but in the air there I had uh, met a, a banker and um, they wanted to do business you know you got to have a uh, good credit and things like that and once you're there people want to give you the money they want to make their town better and um, I was able to to get a loan with this person kind of just putting one of my other free and clear properties up and I got the money, did it. And I have a great relationship with them. Um, have an appraiser. Number one, you're going to know you're paying the right amount for the house. You know? Yeah. Usually you typically do that when you buy a house anyways, but, um, it's on the back end because you're dealing out of state and things like that. They have a different property tax and it's difficult to understand and you might get reassessed because of change of ownership to a larger amount than what the fair market value is, you know, because there's different things that they do, you can take that appraisal and you can appeal your tax assessment, you know, the basis of your tax assessment, and you could possibly lower it. But if you don't have that appraiser and that appraisal, you you can't do it. That can save you money. And that's where the attorney who's going to represent you, because we live out of state, um, is going to do it. And he's going to go represent you, have a good insurance agent, you know, most likely your property manager has been dealing with a good agent. They have a good relationship. You build that relationship. You might get a discount for having multi-units or multi-properties with them. Have a title center, you know, and just make
0: friends. Um, be personable with these people. Um, that's perfect. They're, they're, that's, and that's, exactly, that's exactly what we do on a day, yeah. day-to-day business or day-to-day basis out here on the street, right? We have to go and build rapport with the people that we're trying mm. to help. before. We can ever um, get them to trust us, to get them to want to do business with us. We have to build that relationship, right? You have to have a good bedside manner. It's the same exact principle that our, our folks are going to really understand that. They're going to understand, hey, I have this is a two-way interaction here, right? And and if I can build that relationship, I have a lot better chance of getting what I need out of this um, rather than, hey, you just show up and you just start demanding all these things. It doesn't work that way. This is a yeah, Don't at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Don't be that person. Cause, cause now I, I'm real, I have a really good relationship with my manager and, and they appreciate, you know, a person who's forthcoming, who's understanding and willing to work with them. It's just, we're not just there to just farm money out of there and, and just come in there and guns a blazing. We're the, you know, from wherever we are. And, and no, man, the, these, these people tell me that they have clients like that and they will get rid of them. They don't want them be you know be an asset to that person be be something that they want to do business with you know because um it's 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 a tough it's a tough world out there and they deal with a lot of stuff and just like our our patients they'd rather have somebody that's nice to work with or just like us with our patients we want a good patient that's going to work with us and do what we ask them to do so you have to be there for your property manager
0: that's perfect and uh just wrapping this up, man. You've already given us tons of great advice. Is there one other piece of advice that you could give us? Um, just
1: from a personal perspective, I just wish I started sooner. Um, you know, we all have different paths and different upbringings and things like that. And we have the best job in the world, hands down, um, to allow for <laughs> friends, family, um, you know, time off, maybe do something on the side invest we make decent money we're not going to get super rich doing that but you know we can we're able to through real estate that I found is get a second income or a passive income that's going to help supplement us and I just wish I started younger and earlier and that's why I tell the younger guys hey it's just start stuffing money away now do what you can Be good with your money, live within your means, and get that first house. You know, you gotta have a primary residence, you gotta have a place to live. You know, I'll let Bo talk about the tax um, liabilities and things like that. That's not my thing, but uh, you know, you you gotta understand that. And once you get that, then you wanna find ways to get passive income, and real estate's the best thing to do. And if I would have started it earlier, You know, you you could always say, if I could, well, if I could just tell you something, the the younger people or the other people, no matter where you are, because I did it at 44, started it, and I'm doing pretty good. But if I did that at 24 or 34, you know, the sky's the limit. And, um, you know, just start learning, dive in. And it starts with just having the patience and the time to put together the plan, to save the money, and then execute the plan, set goals. Once you achieve goals, make a new goal. You know, is it one property a year to start? Hey, we all got to start somewhere, right? Is it going to be two properties in five years? It depends on the type of property too, you know, um, but set realistic goals for yourself, but don't do it. So you're putting yourself against the wall all the time and relying on overtime or other things, because until you get a few of these properties to cover themselves, you're on the hook for all the reserve you're on for all the maintenance. So don't overextend yourself. Be patient, believe in your process. Um, And I I put some of the recommendations and things that I do and I practice in there. That's kind of how I do business and what I do. Um, There's more than one way to, you know, peel a banana, skin a cat, whatever you wanna call it. Um, But the main thing is stick to it because it's gonna be hard in the beginning. You don't know what you're doing. You're gonna have setbacks. But all of a sudden, just like the day before you got to take your truck test and you're in the academy and you're like, am I going to know everything? Is it going to all come together? And then you, they call your name to go up that day and you hut, hut, hut. And you do it, you knock it out, your spiels, you perform. Then you're like, yeah, I did that. I, I prepared myself. I planned, I knew it was going to be tough, but I, I, I accomplished my goal. That's the same thing here. You can do it. If I can do it anybody can do it it's just you got to put the time and dedication use those mentors create the relationships and start as soon as you can there's you know and today is a great day to start for tomorrow
0: uh maddie that's so well said man that is just so perfect um in in everything that you're saying just start it, it you know like we talked about man you don't have to hit a grand slam you just got to get up there take a few swings are you going to hit uh, you know are you going to be perfect no are you going to make mistakes yes can you recover from them? Yeah, you can as long as you have those reserves in place and, and you're not totally overextending yourselves. Look, buy for cash flow, secure long term financing, um, look for mentors, et cetera. Those are all just like basic tenets of real estate investing. And um, it's just it's just a, a great way to wrap up your first alarm. And so, with that, man, it looks like you still got it because you got knocked down on that first alarm. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. So Maddie, if uh, people are looking to learn more about you, um you have written up something for us. It's your um it's the way you underwrite deals, it's what you look for in, in investing in real estate. I'll share that in the show notes. But if somebody's looking to learn more about you, um how can they find you?
1: Well, they can con- if if they're from out of town, go ahead and contact uh you to get to me. Type of thing. Um Um, But if, if you're here in the city you're on the job with us, Hey, after work, let's have a cup of coffee. Let's go hang out at the beach. Let's golf. Let's, you know, let's, let's get to know each other Let's start a relationship and I'll I'll go ahead and give my words of wisdom, whatever, or how much they are. Um, But I have something to offer and I expect nothing in return. I like to pay things forward because people did that for me. Um, I, I have the time. And if you've worked with me, you know, I'm open for questions, and I like to talk. So, you know, let's let's make it happen, and uh, good luck, and 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 just just put it in pro, believe in yourself. You you can do it. We have the means, we have the we have the mind. We're capable. Uh,
0: So, right on. Well, buddy, I appreciate that. Um, Like I said, I will include that um, that document that you you um, sent to me in the show notes. So, if people are looking for that, um, our folks here locally, please do hit Matt up. He is an open book. He has an amazing amount of experience. Um, and he wants to share that with you. So, so do take him up on that offer. Um, Maddie, I wanna thank you again for your time today, man. And uh, yeah, let's get out on that golf course one of these days.
1: My pleasure, anytime. Good luck.
0: All right, thanks again to Matt for meeting me here in the bullpen. His message about this: the way you find success in real estate investing is by building relationships. He said it clearly multiple times. Build relationships, have a plan, stick to that plan, and go out and execute on it. The most important person on your team is your property manager. I know this myself, Uh, when we've had good property managers, things go perfectly well when we haven't had that in place. Uh, It's an absolute nightmare. So take his advice, build that team, starting with the property manager, have your plan and go out and execute. If you'd like to learn more about Matt, go ahead and contact me, I'll put you in touch with him. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's f.i.r.ehouse. On Instagram, the underscore fire, underscore house. On LinkedIn, The Firehouse Investors, or any place you listen to podcasts, If you learned something today and you'd like to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe. But no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Stay tuned.